Hi and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast, Holiday Cage Fights. Um, this is the fourth and final episode of this mini episode of the podcast uh, that keeps us occupied over the holiday period 2021 into 22. This week, uh, subject, it's a cracker. We'll get to that in a minute. First of all, I'm Cars Guide Deputy Editor James, and I'd like to welcome Deputy News Editor Justin. Soon to be four-time champion. And senior journalist Richard. Four-time champion of idiot. Losing. <laughs> now, today's, today's subject, it's a really interesting one. Um, it's not necessarily black and white. I don't think it's a binary mathematical kind of uh, answer. It is the ugliest car ever made. Now, it will be up to our two proponents to state their case initially, a, a concise statement of intent. Uh, as to where their argument is going to go for the car that they have chosen. Um, then there'll be main arguments on both sides and a closing uh, wrap-up slash rebuttal uh, to get us to the, the finishing point. So we're going to start, I think we'll start with you, Justin. So really, there's no, there's no affirmative, there's no negative. It's just, here's my case. I'd like you to put the, the car in question out there and give us the key points as to why you think it's the ugliest car ever made. Thank you, JC. Well, for those of you that don't know, this is the 1998 to 2004 Fiat Multipler. This is the pre-facelift, and I'm going to currently move from side to side so you can start to appreciate how stunning it is, <laughs> not in a good way. But in my research for this, we were asked to choose the ugliest car, and this obviously came to mind, but I wanted to do a bit of background research, and I found this absolutely wonderful uh, wrap-up from the Sunday Times in the UK talking about ugliest cars of all time. And I'm not sure I could put it in better words, so this is my opening statement. The tragedy of the multiplier is that its Elephant Man-esque exterior enclosed a genuinely clever and spacious interior, and it wasn't bad to drive either. It's a shame, then, that you'd rather walk than be seen in it. <laughs> okay, very good, concise, to the point. Thank you. Richard, mm. your choice, and uh, please set up your argument as to why it's the ugliest car ever made. Without a doubt, it, it's, it's as I was saying before, Justin, I love your car. It's actually, I want, I'd like to own one. I love that little beak that it's got, but it's so, it's so, it's so ugly. It's actually gone right. If you, if you've got the, 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 like the color wheel goes right round, it's actually gone from ugly background to kind of cool and interesting again. And that would never happen with the PT Cruiser uh, designed by, uh, you know, Brian Nesbitt, I, I, I will talk about it later, but it is, can I just say that right now in Syracuse in the United States of America, just outside of New York, the PT Cruiser apparently is seeing a lot of traction on demolition derby ah, um, circuit. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, and it's not because it's good looking. So it's a sure sign. All right, it deserves to be punched. Absolutely. All right. So that's uh, mm. that's a clear statement of intent from from both sides yep. of this of this argument. Um, now, Justin, time for you to put some more flesh on the bones and really convince us as to why Richard's kidding himself. This multiplier is the ugliest car uh, ever made. I mean, I, I suppose the simple argument here is just look at it. And I do apologise to our viewers on YouTube who are currently having to burn their retinas, not just looking at the PT Cruiser, it's ugly too, but also the multiplier and even the Stavic uh, that JC's got. They're just horrendous looking cars. But th this particular multiplier you see here, you may not be able to tell, but just on the edge of the bonnet, even its owner hated it so much that it's actually punched the bonnet a few times because there's a few little indentations there. So not even the owner really liked it. But 
Just to bring you back up to uh, speed on the multiplier, uh, it was designed by Fiat's chief designer at the time, Roberto Giolito, uh, who probably should be charged for a crime against humanity. Um, interestingly, though, Roberto was also uh, responsible for the 2004 Fiat uh, Tripiono concept, which, of course, was the precursor to the reborn Fiat 500, which went on to win things like uh, Design Car of the Year awards and all that kind of stuff. So it's quite puzzling that the same man that gave the world the Fiat 500, also gave the world the Fiat Multipler, but here we are anyway. From the exterior, I suppose, as you're looking at it, there's just levels to it, isn't there? I mean, you've got that really low bonnet and then it kind of goes up to that upper section of the car, which is just not as cohesive as it should be, but also you've got headlights kind of integrated into the uh, A-pillars there, which is absolutely not where they should be. Uh, and then obviously further down, you've got more lights as well. But it's it's like another car has sat on top of the multiplier and just started to squash it a little bit. Um, even looking at the glass house and how tall it is, it's completely out of proportion to the body of the car. The doors panels seem to be so short, almost the same size as the glass itself. It's it's wickedly, wickedly out of proportion. And there are just so many things you can say about that front three quarter. But I'll bring you to the rear as well, um, which I'll be showing up on my background now. Now, the rear isn't as controversial, I would say. However, again, that glass house just dominates the absolute car, the, the whole car, which is, you know, great for visibility and all that, but it just looks so out of place on the road. And even those oddly shaped tail lights and that massive kind of tailgate that cuts down into the bumper, the whole thing is just offensive now again that's probably the best <laughs> angle of the multiplus so that's saying something but one thing people often forget about with the multiplier is how amazing its interior was as well right when we talk about ugly wow. cars we're usually talking about ugly exteriors but check out that center stack and dashboard it is just horrendous so there's no uh. cluster ahead of the driver you've got that kind of off center almost tesla model three style setup where you've got your speedo you know, in the middle and all that kind of stuff and your climate controls. And funnily enough, again, this Roberto guy that designed it, there's a bit of Fiat 500 in that center stack as well, elements of it. So it's just an absolute mess with the air vents and everything else. Like, I think that is one of the often forgotten ugliest parts of the multiplier. It is just absolutely horrendous in that regard. But again, speaking to the ugliness of the multiplier, how do you make something that's so ugly look better than it actually is. And the obvious answer is turn it into Thomas the Tank. So hey. that's what this particular owner's done. You know, <laughs> they've painted it blue. They've got the stripes on it, red bumper, Thomas the Tank on the hood. And it finally looks acceptable because it seems like the multiplier was destined all along to be a toy train um, because it really doesn't deserve to be on the road. It is absolutely ugly. Unreal. All right. Thank you for that, Justin. Uh, Richard, please convince us. Um, as to why the PT Cruiser um, is as you say it is. Oh, look, actually, uh, Justin, you just convinced me that I wanted to get, get one. <laughs> um, I, I, still, I still think it is ugly, but it's ugly in a good way. And it's definitely not ugly in, in a bad way in that the PT Cruiser is. Uh, look, when it, when it first came out, uh, it was in response to uh, Mini, uh, with a new generation Mini coming out and the success of that. Uh, at the same time, there was the Volkswagen, uh, you know, re, reimagined Beetle. Um, and we'll, in the 2000s were a time when uh, suddenly the baby boomers were able to produce all these vanity projects and nothing says baby boomer more than a car which looks like it's based on something from the 1930s, which never existed. 
So it'd be different if they decided to uh, <laughs> reproduce, say, uh, you know, an actual 1930s vehicle. But instead, what they've done is they've produced this. Uh, I was in a cab um, a few years ago, and uh, the cab driver actually said, look, over there, it's a PT loser. Um, <laughs> This is, those were his words exactly. It made me laugh just like you are now. Um, it, it Honestly, um, I, I'll, I'll flip through some images as well of all-time losers, I mean cruisers. Um, there's, there's this one here. I mean, wow. nothing, nothing, nothing highlights wow. the ugliness more of wow. a PT cruiser than a convertible. I mean, and that's with the fake wood paneling as well because, nice. of course, it's got that woody, you know, <laughs> paneling as well because it's bringing back the, you know, the, 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 the surf culture of California from the 1960s in a car that was made in 1999. Um, let me just flip through some more. Um, there's, so as I was mentioning before, the, the, the culprit behind this was a guy called Brian Nesbitt. And Brian was, when Brian walked into a room, everybody, everybody just ran out. Um, and that was because pretty much everything that Brian touched turned to poo. Um, and that included, and I'll just I'll take you through this because this is quite serious, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just bear with me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote this. I don't want to get this wrong. I don't want to get myself in trouble. Um, Brian was later in charge of, are you ready for the list of car companies he was in charge of the design for? Yep. Saab, yep. Opel, Vauxhall. So all of those companies, which are now nowhere, he was also in charge of, and he made his claim to fame with the PT Cruiser. Um, look, I guess my, my, my major issue with this is that it's not just ugly, it's, it's a fake. Um, it's trying, what it's trying to do is reconjure a, 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 you know, a world from um, you know surfing, I say culture, hot rodding culture, which never, which which already existed, and it took somebody who didn't understand cars at all, right, uh, to come up with the PT Cruiser. Um, no, it, it it ran for one generation only, one generation only. Surprisingly, quite a lot was sold. I don't know why, um, but over 1.35 million of these things were sold around the world. Believe it or not. Um, and they exist to this very day. They are like cockroaches. They will continue to exist. They're incredibly difficult to kill. Um, but we've just got to live with it like a lot of ugly things. Super. All right. Brilliant. Now, uh, thank you, Richard. Justin, it's, uh, it's your last chance uh, to win us all over. It's a closing statement, please. A quick rebuttal of things Richard may have said uh, just then or right the way through and uh, wrap it up. Absolutely. Look, Richard, I think you brought up a really good point. The whole point of the PT Cruiser was to appeal to a lot of those hot rodders out there. And it's definitely got that aesthetic about it. You know, there are a few PT Cruiser hot rods out there. You know, people have upgraded the engine and all that kind of stuff. And it looks the part. It's got those swollen wheel arches. Proportions are all there. It's, I'm not saying it's an attractive car, but I'm, look at that. Look at that particular one you just brought up with that lovely paint job. It is a car that people remember. It is on the tip of the tongue, you know, PT Loser, whatever you want to call it. People think ugly, they think PT Cruiser, but they think about it similar to your point about the multiplayer in a good way. It's iconic. It's something that that designer is going to be remembered for, for all the right reasons, I think. You know, you'd rather be infamous than not known at all. And it's definitely infamous. But 
again, obviously PC Croza only lasted a, a generation uh, and that is an admission on Croza's behalf that it obviously was a bit of a mistake. But Fiat, on the other hand, admitted its mistake with the multiplier much sooner than waiting for the end of a generation. In fact, what they actually did was mid-generation, there was a facelift that came in for the multiplier. And I'm just going to pull up an image of it now. And what you'll notice about this facelift, which should be on my screen right now, is that it is decidedly different, right, <laughs> to the yes. non-facelift multiplier. That is a completely different front end. Now, as we all know, doing a facelift on a car can usually be a fairly inexpensive thing with tweaked bumpers, wheels, whatever. They've gone and redesigned the whole front end because that, that whole tiered section that they had going on, the weird headlights and all that kind of stuff, they realised that people were not buying that car because of how the way, they, the way it looked. It was an admission internally that they screwed up. So they went and fixed it, basically. And I'm not saying this is either an attractive car. It's still got that awkward glass house and, and all that kind of stuff, but it is certainly an improvement on the original multiplier. And for that reason, it's the ugliest car of all time. Very good. Now, Richard, it is your time to close off and uh, give us the final word on why the PT Cruiser is the ugliest car ever made. I, I would actually, I'll oh, thank you very much, James, and thank you to everybody for listening. I really appreciate your time today. Justin, I, I would actually say that that revised version is actually uglier because it's got no personality. Um, but um, just just to show that uh, the PT Cruiser wasn't a fluke, the next car that Brian Nesbitt <laughs> went on to, de- to, to design was this. This is the Chevrolet wow. HHR. Now, it just goes hobby. to show that ugly lightning does strike twice <laughs> and he, he can't design a good-looking car if he tried. So I think an, that's, <laughs> it's an icon of our industry. I think. I think the I think the CAD file from uh, design down into production was corrupted. There's something's gone astray there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, there's no doubt about it that these are two very ugly cars. Yes. But I would argue, I would argue that Justin, your car has the personality, and uh, the sense of humour, and I would dare I'd say ingenuity that that is completely lacking from the PT Cruiser, which is a fake, which is no, which is trying to cash in. And that's the ugliest thing about this. It's trying to cash in on a retro nostalgic theme of a car which never existed. The right. Mini, it's not the Mini, it's not the Beetle, it's the nothing, and it's boring. Awesome. So now, bad, it's so good. Thank you, thank you both. Uh, thank you both for your uh, convincing and uh, well-constructed uh, arguments. Um, that's that's the end of this particular debate. It's over to our listeners and viewers to give us their thoughts. Um, and when we're back on stream with our regular podcast, we'll give you the uh, the download in terms of who won the day on the ugliest car ever made. But it's time to say thank you, Richard. Thank you. And thank you, Justin. There are no winners. And thanks. <laughs> well, that's well said. And thanks indeed, uh, as always, to Mr. Pritchard, who's been working behind the scenes He's like a swan. He's he's beautifully gliding on the surface and furiously paddling underneath. Uh, a very <laughs> very impressive effort as always. Um, so thank you. And the next time we'll see you is back with our regular podcasts. Farewell. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.